0: This is The Gettys' Pod, the Gettysburgian's radio news hour. The Gettysburgian is the official student-run news organization at Gettysburg College, keeping the Gettysburg community informed and aware through the publication of a monthly magazine and around-the-clock online content.
1: It's Friday, April 8th, 2022. The Gettys' Pod is brought to you by 91.1 WZBT Gettysburg, Gettysburg College's student-run radio station. I'm magazine editor Carter Hanson.
0: And I'm Editor-in-Chief Phoebe Dasher. This episode, we'll talk to chemistry professor Tim Funk about the implementation of half and quarter credit courses at Gettysburg.
1: That's coming up, but first, the news.
0: Elections for student senate are underway. This week, the student body voted for next year's president and vice president. Miranda Zamora, who ran unopposed, was elected to be president, and Jeffrey Meadville beat Rocco Rodriguez for the vice presidential spot. In the coming weeks, the student body will be voting for technocratic positions, including treasurer, secretary, and parliamentarian, along with inclusion officer. Applications for these positions, as well as class officer and senator, are open now. Tune in next week for an interview with Zamora and
1: Meadville. The lead story from the March issue of the Gettysburgian discusses the many challenges academic departments may face as a result of forthcoming changes to the Gettysburg curriculum. Here's Managing Editor Nicole DiGiacomo, who reported and wrote the story.
2: At the February 17th faculty meeting, the Curriculum Review Committee proposed that the optimal student cohort size for incoming classes in the future will be around 640 students, and the number of full-time faculty will be 220. The new strategic plan, which is tied to Gettysburg's updated curriculum, will determine which academic departments will be expanded and which will face budget cuts. Earlier this semester, faculty members narrowly voted, via Kahoot to delay any further discussion about proposed curriculum changes until the Fall 2022 semester. Sixty-three faculty members voted to delay the discussions, and sixty voted to continue discussions with one abstention. The proposed curriculum changes would not expand the faculty, rather the number of faculty per department would change. As of January 15th, nearly one in six faculty positions were vacant, leaving the college to resort to hiring more adjunct professors. Professors have also been forced to teach oversized classes and take on more advisees than usual. Small departments, such as the Italian Studies and Africana Studies departments, have expressed concern that they will be negatively affected by the redistribution of faculty members as a result of curriculum changes. Growing departments, such as health sciences and public policy, may see their faculty roster expand. In these rapidly growing departments, some professors have expressed concern that the administration lags when providing resources that they need to support new majors. These departments have experienced problems with overflowing courses, especially capstones, and high advisee loads. Additionally, some faculty have reported that, aside from the pressures of the pandemic learning in general, the tenure-track hiring freeze, in place since the fall of 2020 and in effect until further notice, has exacerbated faculty course load and advisee problems. The bottom line is, the college plans to shrink the student body over the course of the next few years, mirroring the nationwide decline in the student population. This would lower the acceptance rates and increase Gettysburg's ranking and competitiveness. While the total number of faculty members at Gettysburg will not be affected by the changes to the curriculum, the new curriculum will be an opportunity for the administration to reshuffle the number of faculty between departments.
1: Here's Assistant News Editor Lakin Franchetti.
2: The college announced on Tuesday that an online master's degree program in American history will be launched in September 2022. This program is being done in collaboration with the Gilder-Lerman Institute of American History, they have offered a master's degree in American history since 2014. This academic program is designed for K-12 educators, district supervisors, librarians, museum professionals, and National Park Service employees. Tuition for the program is 7500 in total.
0: Features editor Gracie Meissner and sports editor Jack Hare reported on the challenges of being a student-athlete.
2: The Academic Challenges of Being a Student Athlete, a recent magazine article for the sports section, covers the relationship between athletics and academics for student-athletes on campus. While Gettysburg College offers sports at the Division III level, which emphasizes balance and excellence in academics as well as athletics, despite this balance, student-athletes are limited in class selection, extracurricular activity participation, study abroad opportunities, and even summer internships due to athletic commitments such as games, practices, and lifting.
1: Several interviewees commented that the student-athlete lifestyle can be both difficult and rewarding, but the balance between athletics and academics is challenging to manage. Many student-athletes also stress the importance of more awareness of and more accessible resources to address mental health issues within college sports. Here's arts and entertainment editor Victoria Staub on Listeners and Performers.
0: Last Saturday night, Gettysburg's new club, Listeners and Performers, hosted its very first pop-up music event at Waldo's. The event hosted a variety of musical talents that were not limited to Sunderman performances. The turnout was very promising, and many are looking forward to future events. Be sure to stay updated by following the club's Instagram, at listeners.performers. Finally, Opinions Editor Emily Dalgleish talks about the latest Gettysburgian editorial.
2: In the March issue of the Gettysburgian magazine, we published a guide to getting your tuition back. Gettysburg is costly. The college tells us that tuition is high because the Gettysburg experience is unique and valuable. Because we pay exorbitant tuition, we have to make it worth its price by seeking out the opportunities that the college offers. With academics ramping up as we approach finals, go to office hours, meet with your PLA, and visit the research help desk. Use up your dining dollars by buying snacks, coffee, and sushi. Treat your friends! And have fun. Attend pub trivia, sports games, and international food fest. We only have a few weeks left this semester, so don't let your time or your tuition go to waste.
1: That wraps up the news briefing for this episode. Editor-in-chief Phoebe Dosher spoke to chemistry professor Tim Funk about Gettysburg's new course credit system.
0: I am happy to welcome Professor and Chemistry Department Chair Tim Funk here to speak about the implementation of quarter and half credit courses into Gettysburg's 32 units required to graduate. So thank you, Professor Funk, for joining us today. How are you?
3: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: So can you just begin by discussing a little bit about what inspired you to bring this motion to the faculty in the first place?
3: Sure. I was just representing the Chemistry Department and some of the ideas that we had. One of the things that we like the idea of doing is creating, so we we have a limited number of total faculty, and especially because of all the labs that we're teaching, there's a lot of kind of responsibility on our end, and that limits the number of types of courses that we can offer. Um, So one of the things we were interested in doing is having certain topics broken up into smaller pieces. So instead of taking, the cleanest example I have right now is instead of taking a one course unit inorganic chemistry course as part of a requirement for our major, we like the idea of breaking it up into a handful of different, more specialized topics in inorganic chemistry. And then students could choose which one of those they wanted to take. But we don't have the teaching capacity to offer three or four different individual one full unit courses in inorganic chemistry but if we're offering half unit courses and we only have to get kind of teaching credit for half a unit instead of a whole unit that allows us to offer more courses ultimately kind of under the same workload and so it allows us to kind of offer the more variety in smaller bite-sized chunks and then students can choose okay if i'm taking half credit courses i need two half credit courses that's the same as a full unit course And then I can take, I can choose among maybe three or four different options. So it gives students more flexibility and it gives us more flexibility to teach, to kind of teach to our strengths and to the areas that we have the most background in.
0: And so correct me if I'm wrong, but prior to bringing this motion to the floor, those specialized smaller units weren't necessarily a part of the 32 units required to graduate
3: so we didn't even have those courses almost nobody does so the only department right now on campus that offers kind of a more traditional course in that's anything other than one unit is the conservatory Mm -hmm. and when our current curriculum was passed in the early 2000s one of the rules was that every single course counts as one unit you were not allowed to do anything different and the conservatory had to specifically pe- petition to get something different. So th- right now you can take courses in the conservatory that count, th- they do quarter unit courses more so. So if anybody's ever taken a music class, not a uh, like a music ensemble or yes. a music performance, then those are often quarter unit courses. And if you take four quarter unit courses over four semesters, that can count as your arts requirement, for example. Um, But there is nowhere else on campus where you're allowed to get credit for the 32 to graduate that's anything other than one unit. So the reason we had, we, we wanted to do this, but we had to change the curriculum, essentially, to be allowed to offer these types of courses.
0: And so you spoke to this a little bit earlier, talking about the benefit of having more bite-sized pieces, especially in the chemistry department for students who want to specialize in certain areas of it and take these smaller courses. What were some of the other recommendations from other faculty and other departments, perhaps, that they could implement this into their curriculum as well?
3: Yeah, so we reached out to other departments as we were thinking about this to see what kinds of other ideas people had, if everybody thought this was a horrible idea or if people had good ideas. And there were, there were a lot of actually really interesting ideas that hadn't occurred to us. Um, one of them was uh, from the math department, who they talked about the idea of um, changing the way that they introduce folks who have a limited background in calculus but need to take calculus. Uh, right now, there's a way to do that. That's two courses over two semesters, um, so two units. Another opportunity that they could have with being able to offer quarter or half unit courses is that everybody could be taking the exact same first semester of calculus, but that folks who have less background could also take a co-requisite. That's maybe a quarter unit or a half a unit. And those folks are getting extra support and extra background while they're in this other course. So that actually, that idea, that was an example through the lens of the math department, but there were actually some other folks in other departments who had those same kinds of ideas, offering a course and then a co-requisite, either a quarter unit or a half a unit, to provide that kind of extra support or to be able to go off. And for folks who have, so everybody may in that course have to take a co-requisite. Maybe that co-requisite for some folks is a little bit more of an advanced level. And for other folks, maybe it's a little more of a kind of a supportive level. Another option that came out of the economics department is the idea of uh, they teach a course and then they do a lot of statistical work with uh, certain types of software programs. There can be advantages of knowing how to use multiple different kinds of software to do certain types of statistical analyses. and so. The students in that department, actually, some students in that major said, we would love to also essentially kind of redo this project with a totally different type of software so that we could learn how to use this kind of software to do statistical analyses as opposed to this kind of software. So that could be taken as perhaps like a quarter unit or a half unit on top of and after they've already completed this certain course. It's not enough to be a full course, but yet there's still real value to being able to do that. But right now, there's no way that we can do that for any kind of credit that counts toward the 32 to graduate. So those are some of the examples of some ideas that other departments had.
0: Right. And just to clarify, so if students want to take a half or quarter credit course to implement them into the units that they have to graduate, they would have to take then two half credit courses or four Quarter credit courses to count them up into one full credit. That's exactly
3: right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, right now, you have to take 32 to graduate, and most people don't have to do anything other than count the total number of courses that they have to take. But with this, the idea is you'll have to, you still have to take 32 to graduate. And so there may be people that, I mean, we already have people graduating with more than 32 units, but it may be that we have people that graduate with 32 and a half or 32 and a quarter because they happened to find some course that was interesting. It wasn't worth a full unit, but they thought, eh, this is less of a commitment. And so they took that quarter unit or that half unit course, but then they realized, okay, well, maybe I can't find any quarter, other quarter, or there aren't any other quarter or half unit courses I want to take. And so then they then take the other 32 that they need to graduate. But yeah, what you said is right.
0: And then you kind of, you spoke to a little bit of the courses and how that could be implemented into a student's curriculum or their course load, um, what are some of the other other opportunities, you might know this from a chemistry perspective, in terms of research or internships, and how might those apply into this cre- new credit system?
3: Yeah, so some departments already offer quarter and a half unit internship or research type credits. Most of those, uh, I don't think any of those, count toward the 32 to graduate. But with the new system that we have, the new plan, at least at this stage, is to have those Quarter unit or half unit internships also count toward the 32 required for graduation. Now, individual departments still have the ability to say, okay, we will allow you to do no more than one unit. That's going to count toward um, toward our major requirements. Or So there are still like limitations that can be created within individual departments and programs. And honestly, I have no idea how many departments and programs are ultimately going to implement this. Um, Some faculty were really excited about this idea. Some departments were, and other departments, I think, hadn't thought about it that much, didn't have some of the same kinds of needs that other departments have. So it's not even clear how many departments will be offering these kinds of courses. But yeah, certainly the idea of the quarter credit and half unit internships can also count. Some folks are able to do full unit internships over the summer, and as long as you can do a full unit one right now, that was allowed to count toward the 32 to graduate. So that was kind of unfair, especially for folks that were unable to either financially swing doing a full credit internship, especially if it was unpaid. So they could only do a half credit one or a quarter credit one because they were also working full time over the summer. Well, those folks didn't have a benefit for it being able to count toward the 32 to graduate. So this, in some ways, may create some more equity among among the, the wider student population to be able to get credit toward graduation for internships that are less than a full unit.
0: Okay, and so a few seconds ago, you were just speaking about the limitations or the fact that some departments might not implement this the same way that say chemistry does. Um, and can you kind of speak to what those discussions were in the faculty meetings about whether or not to implement this, how this might impact teaching loads or certain, I guess, enrollment caps and things like that?
3: I don't want to speak too much for what other people were saying, mainly because there was so much variation in the kinds of ideas that were coming up. So one of the biggest things was probably making sure that the teaching load didn't change, right? So right now, in general, most faculty are teaching a total of five units per year. And with this change, the idea is that faculty would still be teaching five full teaching units a year. Um, And again, that varies a little bit among faculty, but that's kind of the general average. So if you're teaching a one half unit course, you would need to do two. Um, Or if you're teaching a quarter unit course, you would need to teach four of those during the course of an academic year, at least at this point, to have that count toward the total number being, the number being five units that you would have to teach. Um, There were some questions exactly about how that would be implemented and how folks would need to figure that out, and I think this was another reason why some departments were more interested in this than other departments, because I think there are quite a few departments that are able to meet all their needs within this idea of every course unit as one course unit, And so for those departments, introducing this would create a lot more complexity because you can't just introduce cleanly one half unit course from a teaching load perspective. So that complicates things. So departments have to, I think, really be thoughtful about how they would implement these to make sure that they're offering what amounts to a whole number of course units, or I guess an integer number of course units uh, throughout the course of an academic year, and that, that the way the teaching load is divided works so that everybody is still fulfilling their teaching responsibilities.
0: And I do recall from the conversation when I sat in on the faculty meetings that we were discussing this, uh, Professor Brent Talbot from the Sunderman Conservatory and the Music Education Department did mention all the time you spend planning for these classes, all the t- hours in the classroom, and how all of those are allocated, and how it is, you know, another load on a professor, and, you know, it is something you have to implement into the department. But again, like you said, this is an option for flexibility, and not every department will take advantage of it per se.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think departments that choose to take advantage of it, like I said, will have to be really thoughtful about how they do it. Um, One of the things that's nice is that there is, I don't think students would cleanly be able to see this, although I think it's in the course catalog. Um, But when faculty go to create a new course, there is a fairly clear description of what the expectations are in terms of hours per week for student work and so when you look at what a half unit or a quarter unit course requires because the conservatory already offers these it there's a very clear description of what it means from both a faculty in terms of student faculty interaction perspective and in terms of a student work outside of class perspective it's very clear what a half unit course should require and what a quarter unit course should require as well so the other thing that's important is that you don't have folks that are teaching a half unit course and are are expecting a full unit worth of work from students um, and vice versa right that students don't expect a full unit worth of work from a half unit course <laughs>
0: Right. And so in terms of the future of this implementation, can you kind of talk about the timeline? I will mention that this was brought, this is a motion that was brought to the faculty and they voted on it and it passed. Mm -hmm. And so what are kind of the next steps with this and how might this impact Gettysburg students and when?
3: Yeah, so that's a great question. and That's something that we're still working with the registrar's office on. It will likely not have much of an impact in the next academic year. Because the way that the timing of everything worked out is our schedules for the 2022-2023 academic year next year were already submitted by the time this, um, this motion passed. So you should see almost no changes next year. You especially shouldn't expect to see any new courses, any new half credit or quarter credit courses. As far as how the quarter credit or half unit internships may count. That is something that the registrar's office is still working out. And it's something that this is, this is something that now that the faculty has passed this motion, it will need to be, the registrar's office are the folks who kind of keep track of all the course units counted, right? So they're, they're kind of the, the accountants for all of it, uh, on top of other things that they do. The provost office also needs to take a look at it to make sure that from kind of an equity perspective, from a teaching load perspective, making sure that um, that no one's taking advantage of this in a negative way, to make sure that the students are still having the experiences they need to have, to make sure that all of the kind of Ts are crossed and the Is are dotted, the provost office will will play a role in that as well. But I would expect perhaps students not next academic year, but the following academic year might to start might start seeing some of these quarter and half unit courses offered by some departments. I think it'll take some time, and I think there'll be some departments that kind of jump into it and test the waters to see how it works, while other departments kind of stand back, other departments and programs kind of stand back and say, well, let's see what kind of experience other folks have, um, and then think about, does it make sense for us to even offer these kinds of options? Yeah, so I think it'll be probably a couple of years until people really start seeing much of an implementation of courses specifically targeted like this. Right.
0: And like you mentioned, this is something that the conservatory has implemented in the past. So it's not new to the registrar. It's not new to Gettysburg College in general. It's just new to the wide array of departments across campus that are outside of the Sunderman Conservatory of Music.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right, and so that's why, from the registrar's office perspective, the record keeping they already have an infrastructure for that, right? And so all thanks to the conservatory, there's all this information that's already out there. There's all these kind of policies that are already, for the most part, established. It's just, yeah, we'll, we'll the the rest of us will start tinkering with it a little bit more. And I think, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of works out because this is new to everybody, and you know, people can envision both pros and cons to it. The cons are. The complication with, you know, students not getting toward the end of their time and not having a whole number or an integer number unit of courses, right? And so the complications with that. Now, we also have students who are transfer students to Gettysburg, and they don't. they often aren't transferring in a whole number or an integer number unit of courses, right? And so those are students that are often facing some of these challenges anyway. So the idea of these challenges are not new, but they may become a little bit more widespread. Some other concerns are like the challenges with, you know, Gettysburg students are passionate and they love to do lots of things, right? right. Uh, and so one of the challenges is, you know, maybe students, are, are students going to start taking some quarter or half unit courses, especially if there's some kind of cool stuff happening? Are they going to do that on top of the four courses they're already taking? Are they going to start overwhelming themselves? I mean, some people are already overwhelmed anyway, right? People that are involved in all kinds of organizations in addition to all the other courses they're taking. So, you know, there, there were some concerns that were voiced at the faculty meeting about that, and those are great concerns, and I think we all just need to figure out how it's going to work. You know, I'm excited about it because, and I know my department is excited about it, Because we think there are some really interesting opportunities to offer smaller courses, bite-sized courses that we think students will be interested in, that it's less of a commitment for the student. So we hope that students take some risks in taking these kind of smaller bite-sized things. Because, you know, if if you get a C in a quarter unit course, that C in a quarter unit course doesn't affect your GPA the same way a C in a one unit course would because the number of credits that it's worth is weighted in the GPA. So we hope that we'll also see some students taking some risks, uh, and we'll hopefully see some faculty innovation. But along with these changes, there's going to be a, a growing period that you know might have some challenges as we iron out certain things.
0: Yes, absolutely. And in terms of other changes to Gettysburg academics that you might be seeing in the coming, I guess, Months, years. Um, I understand that the Gettysburg, the pause on the review of the Gettysburg curriculum recently happened. Um, what are some of the other things that you're seeing happening? And in, in addition to changes like this motion to bring in the half and quarter credit courses, uh,
3: the other biggest change that I'm aware of is is certainly the um, the new curriculum that we're in the process of discussion discussing. And a part of that is also a discussion about ways to perhaps very purposefully integrate kind of co-curricular and extracurricular opportunities more purposefully into the curriculum itself. So there's a lot of interesting changes that are happening. Um, and because of those, those those are, those are big meaty discussions that need to happen. Um, and because of that, I think there there's so much to discuss within the context of those ideas that I haven't seen too many other curriculum-based proposals coming forward Um, this proposal that we had just happened to coincide we kind of assumed that perhaps when the new curriculum was being discussed one of the things that might be discussed was this idea of not requiring every course to be a full unit course when that didn't show up as part of the proposed curriculum changes from the curriculum review committee, that's when we decided. Well, we would like to see these changes, so we're gonna we're gonna create our own motion to bring it forward. Um, but honestly, I haven't seen too much. It doesn't mean there aren't other things in the works, right? Uh, but I have. I'm not aware of anything else. And a part of that, I think, is because we're all so focused on thinking about what these new major curriculum changes might look like, as well as the integration of the kind of more traditional curriculum and the co-curricular activities, kind of integrating those together. That's, that's a lot to discuss, and there's a lot, of, a lot of variables that need to go into that. So I think that most people's energy is just on trying to make sense of that and thinking through all the possible outcomes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this motion was brought to the floor and passed fairly quickly within mm-hmm. the course of maybe two meetings?
3: Yeah, that's right, two meetings.
0: So this was something that was able to happen very quickly and now is going to be brought to Gettysburg students, perhaps, like you said, not in the next academic year, but in the coming Mm -hmm. years, which is wonderful. And in terms of the way that students are able to implement this into their, I guess, into their own credits and what you were just mentioning about implementing co-curricular and, you know, making that kind of meld in the Gettysburg College student experience... um, Perhaps students with this new quarter and half credit system might be able to get credit for things that they otherwise had just been doing. Is that correct?
3: I don't know. That's I mean that's that's a great question, and it's it's something that we would need to. I'm not on um, any of the committees that are discussing either the curriculum review committee or the folks that are integrating or the folks that are talking about ways to integrate the kind of co-curricular experience with the curricular experience. I shouldn't even speak on it because I'm so ignorant of, of the details of it. But I, don't, I think that the, the, that isn't going to be like a credit counting system. Right. So I don't think these two ideas, although, although the purpose is to kind of integrate the two together to make sure that students can speak more thoughtfully and more purposefully to some of the co-curricular work they've done. Like, like For example, all the work that you guys are doing at the Gettysburgian, That's really valuable work, right? And that maybe parallels some of the work that you've done academically, but there is real value to the work that you've done here, right? And so maybe maybe your ability to talk about and very purposefully create this, almost like this pseudo-curriculum based on goals that you have for both your time at college and some of the things you wanna do when you've completed your time at college. If you can organize activities outside of class that allow you to get closer to these goals that you have for your career, then it would be great to have um, kind of a plan in place you know, not just like, oh, I'm going to do this thing over here, I'm going to do this thing over here, I'm going to do this thing over here, but being able to say, okay, I have these goals, and by taking part in these activities and maybe these leadership roles in these activities, I'm getting closer, along with my coursework, that this is all working together to get me towards some kind of career goal. So that's the way that we're talking about integrating the co-curricular work with the curricular work. Not necessarily like getting credits for it or anything like that, right? I think that's independent of, of this. I think that curriculum and credits will continue to count for course-type work and maybe a little bit for internships and research-type experiences. I don't think we're going to see a lot of huge differences there. Yeah, so I, I think that the two are a little bit separate. Sorry, that was a long-winded way, answer.
0: It's helpful. And it's helpful to get Gettysburg, Gettysburg students for whom this is going to impact this curricular change and these co-curricular, um, I guess, purposeful pathways. They, I think they've been referring to them as pathways uh, might, Im- might impact future Gettysburg students. So that's definitely helpful to think through um, and to think about the future. Um, so just to wrap things up, I just was curious because you mentioned that perhaps some faculty members might not be implementing this right away, especially because the schedule for the next academic year has already been made. What are some of the first things that you might be planning to do with this new half and quarter credit opportunity?
3: Yeah, so the first things that chemistry is likely to do is to do exactly what I was talking about. We have an inorganic chemistry requirement for our majors. It's one course unit. And right now, we have one option. Uh, so that, I guess that's not really an option. We have one there's no choice, they can take one course and that's it. For us, I think one of the first things we'll do is break that apart into multiple half unit courses and then students will take, choose among two or three of those to take to fulfill that, that requirement. One of the other things we might do is we might modify, and we have to discuss this more as a department, but we might modify the way that we do our, um, our kind of capstone experience. So most of our students do research with faculty members at Gettysburg for that. Uh, and the way that, and they often, many of them do it over multiple years, including some of the summers. So having a one-unit course in the senior year that is their kind of senior seminar or their senior capstone doesn't make a lot of sense for most of our students, because it's often spread out over multiple years or multiple summers, and so we might break that up into smaller pieces that all add up to one unit. So students are ultimately getting a a full credit for that, but it will be broken up over more time um, just because that's more representative of the way that student research with faculty members in our department works. So those are probably the first things that we're likely to do.
0: Mm -hmm. And are you hoping to do that within the next academic year or the following?
3: Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, I think we would like to ideally start to implement it make the changes next year. So it would be for the 2023-2024 academic year. I think that's what we would be targeting.
0: Great. Wow. That's so we've got exciting things on the horizon and more opportunities for a lot of future Gettysburg students. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Professor Funk, for sitting down with us and talking about this today. It's been really great to get to learn more about the possibilities for future credits for students and to really understand fully how this is going to impact the Gettysburg experience. So I appreciate you speaking with us.
1: Sure. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to today's Getty's Pod. We'd like to thank Professor Tim Funk for being our featured guest today.
3: The
0: Getty's Pod is made possible by our wonderful team here at The Getty's Reporting for this episode was contributed by Nicole DiGiacomo, Lakin Franchetti, Jack Hare, Gracie Meisner, Victoria Staub, and Emily Dalgleish. Check out more from The Getty's Gettysburgian at gettysversion.com or pick up a magazine around campus.
1: The Getty's Pod is edited and produced by myself, magazine editor Carter Hansen.
0: And hosted by me, Editor-in-Chief Phoebe Dasher. Our theme music was composed by Sofia Rocha.
1: The Gettys Pod is broadcasted by 91.1 WZBT Gettysburg. Listen to The Gettys Pod on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
0: Tune in next week for our weekly news briefing and a conversation with Miranda Zamora and Jeffrey Meadville, the incoming president and vice president of Student Senate.
1: Thanks for listening.